Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing from Diane Scher. Interesting version, I think. Good morning. It's me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM's Jazz Shapers, the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul, alongside their equivalents in the world of business. My business shaper today is Robin Exton. She's the founder of an app, a lesbian app, no less, called, well, it was called Datch, and now it's called Her, H-E-R. You'll be hearing all about the trials and tribulations of how Robin has got that amazing business off the ground. In addition to hearing from Robin, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your burgeoning business. And on top of all of that, of course, some fabulous music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul, including Nitin Sawney, new music from Emily Saunders, and this from Gilberto Gilles. Toda menina baiana tem um jeito que Deus dá. Toda menina baiana tem defeito. The melodic sound of Gilberto Gil with Toda menina baiana. This is Jazz Shapers, I'm Elliot Moss, and you are listening to another edition of this wonderful place where I get to meet a shaper from the world of business. And my business shaper today, as I said earlier, is Robin Exton. She is the founder of the lesbian app called Her. It was previously called Datch until about five days ago, actually, give or take. Um, And it's a fantastic innovation. And I'm going to now ask you, Robin, before we get going with your, your history, your interesting history, what is Her? Tell me a little bit about what Her actually does. Yeah, so Her is a mobile app. Um, It's available for iPhones and Android. And it's basically a community of women. So it's women who are interested in other women in some capacity. So however you identify, if you're lesbian, bisexual, bicurious, not so straight, pansexual, flexisexual, queer, however you identify, but you know that you are attracted to women and want to meet other women with that similar attraction with a place where you go to do that. And look, we're going to come on to technology and investment and it's come of age and all those other things. You obviously, this idea had been brewing for a while. I believe you kicked off the business in 2012. Before that, what qualified you to be the the person that was going to get involved in creating their own app? Did you think when you were at university, I think you were a science a science graduate from Bristol, did you think, I'm going to go and create my own business? Absolutely not. So I always think, you always hear these amazing entrepreneurs tell these stories of how they were like selling lemonade at the side of the road or working in a shop night and day, learning the like tricks of the trade and and learning business skills. You've been listening to my previous guests. They all say that. Yeah, I I was not that person. (laughs) I didn't didn't think particularly about running a business. Um, I used to work at a creative agency and one of our clients was a dating business and it was a fantastic business. I was really fascinated by it. Um, I think it just really captured my interest in how it was a very young guy that ran the company and he he's an incredible entrepreneur and it just piqued my interest in it. And a friend of mine who was also working on the project was using Grindr, which is an app for gay men. He was using that quite frequently and uh, we were both kind of blown away with 
the opportunities, I guess, that Grindr opened up for the male community. Um, and uh, a little bit down the line, I was with some friends and we were talking about what we were using to meet other women and uh, everything kind of shuffled into place that I had the ingenious idea that maybe I could create something that would work better for women that was actually built for women. Um, so I didn't didn't come from the right place, but kind of started learning very quickly from that point onwards. Although some would argue you came from a place that there was a problem to be solved or an opportunity to be exploited, I guess. And here you are three years later, now just on the, the, the precipice of something new and big and wonderful. And we're going to hear lots more from Robin Exton, my business shaper, about what happens next. Um, time for some music. In the meantime, this is Nitin Sawney and Breathing Light. The exquisite energy of Nitin Sawney with breathing light. Robin Exon's my business shaper today, and she's the founder of Her, which is the iteration of Datch, which is the um, app serving the lesbian and bisexual and bicurious. And you did all sorts of other um, derivations of all sorts of you know, degrees of different sorts of sexuality a, a couple of minutes ago, uh, Robin. You said you, you kind of saw an opportunity that the, the, the female community wasn't being very well served when it came to matching people up. Um, when you began that journey of going, oh, I've actually decided I'm going to do it, what did you encounter at first? Because I imagine you didn't have any money. Yeah. I imagine you had some friends and some know-how, but what were the first couple of steps to get things going? I think I didn't know a huge amount about technology or about product design or about running a business at that point. So um, the first thing I think that I guess jumped to my mind was how am I going to get this built? So apps were starting to kind of grow rapidly at that point in 2012. And so... I had an idea of how I wanted it to feel and look, um, but I had no idea how to get it built. So I just started getting in touch with almost everyone that I knew, seeing if anyone knew any app developers. Um, that was kind of the first stage. At the same time, I then um, moved back home um, in with my father for a bit so I could start saving money and save up a fund that would help support it. And then... Um, uh, I started learning to code. So I'd found some people that um, could, in theory, build it. And I realized that I was asking them to build something that I had no understanding of. When they would send back quotes, I had no idea if that was like reasonable, not reasonable, like uh, I had no perception of it. So I started learning just some basic front end development skills so I could at least feel that I had some competency to understand it. Um, and then, yeah, the next six months was spent developing the first version of the product, um, uh, saving up as much money as possible. And then at the end of 2012, I quit my job and started working on it full time. Now, in that story as well, I believe that you joined the um, entrepreneurial community called Wayra, um, which I think Simon Devonshire, who was one of my uh, previous guests, is the, the kind of key guy over there. This is a startup accelerator business. There's lots of other like-minded people all going through the same thing, looking for funding, uh, looking for to find the right expert to help them. Was being in that community incredibly important to the development of the business? It was It was really pivotal for me. So after I quit my job, um, the money that I'd saved lasted about four months. Um, and I'd just run out of money at that point. So I'd started working in a pub evenings and weekends and uh, still working on Datch or how is it now is during the day. Um, and when I got into Wira, it, was, it completely changed that I was able to just... Th- 
throw myself and fully commit everything into building and growing the business. It allowed me to hire our first full-time team members um, who are still with the business now. So it was a huge gear shift um, in terms of like stability and structure. But then there's the kind of value add that sits on top of it. So you're in an environment where there are like 12 other startup teams going through exactly the same thing as you. You've got amazing people coming into the building just sharing advice and input and and it's just a sounding board to run through your ideas with people that have done it all multiple times before so it was it was brilliant for me it kind of it was definitely like a a changing point that got us to where we are now and i believe it helped you get get towards raising that extra hundred thousand was it pounds at that point yeah so we raised hundred thousand pounds yeah um just just before we left wira so if you're thinking of building your own app, then maybe you should be Googling Wira right now, W-A-Y-R-A. Lots more coming up from my busy shaper, Robin Exton, today. Latest travel, though, in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of advice for your business from our programme partners at Mishcon Hello, my name's Saul Sender, and I'm a partner in the corporate department at Mishcon The choices that small growing companies face when raising money are very similar to the choices that large international companies face when they're raising money in in the city or, or on the international capital markets. Essentially, there's a decision to be made between raising debt finance or equity finance. Debt finance is as simple as a loan. It suits you best if you have regular cash flow because the obligation to repay is fixed and you need the, the money to repay it back on a periodic basis. Equity can be much more flexible But on the downside to the business owner, you're giving away ownership of the company. You may be giving away future profits, you may be giving away future proceeds of a sale, or if you sell uh, more than 25 or 50% of the company, you may be losing control in due course. So business owners who are looking to grow need to weigh up the pros and cons of how to raise money. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, you can catch me talking to hopefully an inspirational entrepreneur, someone who has made it or someone who is in the process of making it. If you haven't had a chance to listen to all the previous shows over the last few years, go to iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers, and you can find pretty much everybody there. City AM is another destination for you if you want to catch some of the programmes, FT.com and even British Airways High Life. I've given you lots of choices, no excuses. Robin Exon's my business shaper today, and she is actually in the technology world. She has set up a business called Her. It's a it's an online, or rather it's a lesbian app. Um, it was called Datch. Um, much better name her, though. I think we both agreed on that just before we um, started talking. And um, and now we, we were talking before, Robin, about where you were, the, the help of Wira, this, this community of other entrepreneurs, the funding that you were getting. It must have been pretty lonely before you got yourself into that gang of people. Were there very, even in the early days before things had happened, were you thinking, I think I've made a mistake? The, when, I, when I started working at, going back to work at the pub, it, the first, my first reaction to that was maybe I've made a mistake here. But at the same time, it was this like hugely like liberating feeling of suddenly realizing. I think a lot of people like go to school, go to university, graduate, and feel like they're on this track, and like you're just going to the next step and the next step and the next step. And at that time, when I was working in the pub, I was making enough money to pay my rent and to be able to eat 
noodles and pasta like every day but I was like that was enough and I could live and I could do it and it was actually really like it was a very free feeling of realising you can kind of do what you want if you can make enough money to get by and to cover all your costs you can actually have the time to work on something that you really care about so although I'd kind of got nervous about it it actually felt really exciting that I was kind of in control of deciding what I wanted to do. In that period of time around the beginning of 2012 all the way through to when you're working in the pub you're putting you know literally pennies pennies in, in the pot to ensure you can eat and all those other things and you're running this business or creating the business. Do you think there were some skills that were much more useful than others? So putting aside your education for a minute, what, as you look back now a couple of years on and more money's come and things are getting much about to get very big, hopefully, um, what was it that really enabled you to do the things you've been able to do to this point beyond everything else, do you think? I think um, it's probably a popular, uh, popular word in the startup world at the moment, but being a hustler, like... When you are trying to get things off the ground, you're trying to convince people to join your team, you're trying to convince people to believe in you, believe in your story, to possibly give you funding later down the line. You're hustling like every day, trying to meet those people, trying to get introductions to those people, trying to build a network. And I think just having like extreme tenacity, working incredibly long hours, being relentless with everything that you do, I think those are the kind of things that help push me forwards and keep it going but I also think that everyone that runs a business has their own like personality and their own attributes and I think you have to fall on the ones that are your strongest so if I were an engineer mine would be you know writing incredible code that was so scalable and reliable um, that some investors that love the technology side would be blown away by it for me it's it's I guess it was just me and it was what I was able to pull together as a founder. And so for me, that was hustling, building relationships and building a network. Stay with me to hear more from the hustler, Robin Exton, my business shaper today. Time for some great music. This is Emily Saunders and Summer Days. was Emily Saunders with Summer Days. Robin Exton, my business-shaping hustler, is here today with me. Um, we've been talking about all sorts of stuff. And that, as you said, you've got to find the talent, the skill that you have within and get on with it. You've obviously, you, you seem like a very um, capable person beyond that. You seem like, you know, you, the way you talk about what you needed to do and the fact, well, I didn't understand coding. How could I look at a quote until I knew that? You've picked up pieces, nuggets along the way. What's the most important nugget when it comes to raising money is it the color of your hair (laughs) she has pink hair by the way i had to say she has pink hair say but in the photos i've seen earlier the serious robin had proper proper blonde hair but but seriously beyond looking the the part what else enabled them to look into your eyes and go i'm going to give you some money um i think it's a very fine balance of multiple different things um i think it's been very different raising money in the uk to the us Um, The round that we've just closed now is mainly American investors, and that's been a very, very different experience. So I think it all depends on the stage of business that you're at. For us, it's our seed round. So really, it was about it's about painting a picture of what it is you're going to 
change in the world and how big that opportunity is combined with the proof that you're already doing a pretty ace job of smashing it already so those two things if they can see that you've got the great start for it and you've got huge ambitions those two will hopefully meet in the middle to create a very successful business and the bit you've taken out probably just because you haven't it, ha- it hasn't occurred to you is you is the person they look and say robin will deliver those the synthesis of those two things the ambition the vision that we've been doing it already yeah i think like our it's mainly angel investors that have come in on this round so i think particularly in that case it is um about believing in the team so I'm the founder of the team, but we have an incredible team that I work with. So it's very much a kind of equal effort by everyone. So we have an incredible CTO, great marketing teams, fantastic designer, brilliant mobile engineer. And it's the combination of all of us that's going to make this work. Now, you've backed yourself, obviously, and many of the people I meet do. And that's fantastic. There's confidence in that. How have you squared that off with the amount of equity you've allowed to be diluted? Is there a line and you go no more or are you quite flexible on that front? I'm pretty flexible about it. I think... um, uh, I started off with 100% and, you know, gradually that comes down. I think uh, ultimately I want this to work more than anything than I want in life and in this world right now. And so if it means giving up equity to make that happen, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm not going to make a stupid business decision along the route. But if it means, you know, I'm happy to give someone like a small amount of equity to get their advice to come in and change the future of this business. Like all I want is for this to to be omnipotent for all women in the world everywhere. So I'll do what it takes to get there. There's the lesson. Make sure that you make it happen and don't worry about the equity so much. Final chat will be coming up with Robin and we'll play some music from Royers. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Roy Ayers, one of my favourite artists with Everybody Loves the Sunshine. Just for a few more precious minutes, Robin Exon is my business shaper. If you've been listening earlier, you'll know that she's the founder of what was called Datch and now is called Her, literally hot off the press, and it is a lesbian app. Um, And we've been talking about raising money, we've been talking about diluting equity, talking about what it takes to really keep on going. You've now raised a bunch of money, you have a great team around you, you've you've rebranded, there's some scale... What do you want to make happen in the next 12 to 24 months? In two years' time, I want our app to be on the phone of every woman that is looking to meet another woman. So I want it to be in every single market. I want there to be the level of awareness that there is for apps like Grindr. Um, And I want every woman, despite not knowing her sexuality, having known her sexuality for 40 years, kind of starting to figure out her sexuality, I want her to know that whatever she is, this is the app for her. You talked about your own sense of liberation, even though you were working hard in the pub, um, and but the sense that you had this future which you could map out. Do you have a, a kind of a, a quiet, zealotry mission behind it as well about the, the thing about a way or allowing a woman to explore her own sexuality as well? And do you see the app as a catalyst, or are you really going? If you're like that, here it is, or is it a bit of both? I think it's a bit. I think my personal experience has been, you know, amongst my generation. I see it in myself, in my friends. Like female sexuality is a very fluid thing, and there needs to be spaces where it's a 
easy and accessible for women to discover that, decide that. I think a lot of women know their sexuality, a lot of women don't. And I think I care a lot about creating a space for that. I think um, one of the best stories I ever heard from one of our users was this girl that I met at an event and she said she'd started um, a kind of casual relationship with her roommate and she had no idea what it meant and it kind of terrified her because she was like, am I gay? I don't know if I'm gay. I haven't thought about whether I might be gay. And pretty soon afterwards, like two weeks afterwards, she discovered Datch as it was and she said suddenly it just didn't matter. She was with a whole community of other women where no one was asking her about like what she identified as, if she was gay, if she was going to a gay bar. It was just women that she could chat to and meet up with and uh, it completely changed her perspective on herself and her kind of opportunities. So I would love that to be the case for every woman that wants to use it. And when you were raising money, did you articulate that sense of, look, the opportunity isn't just numerical, the opportunity is actually, as I see it, I'm on a bit of a mission. I would like it to be easy for women to discover their sexuality if that's what they want to do. Do you think that was a key part? Because I imagine some of the investors you were talking to would have looked at you and gone, well, I'm sure that's true. But do you think they cared that there was something more than just the financial motive or that rather what you were thinking about would drive huge amounts of pickup if it actually caught on. Yeah, I think so. I think there's been a growing um, uh, awareness and understanding of lesbians in the first place. Like Lesbians tend to be about 10 years behind gay men in terms of awareness in the public sphere. So I think people are becoming more aware of lesbians and it's not these kind of like a dungaree wearing cat loving women that people used to think there it is was. no cat in here and there, there are definitely no dungarees inside. Yeah. So. <laughs> there are a few cats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, the the changing numbers in uh, women who are bisexual like there was a huge um survey that came out uh, in 2013 and the number of women that identified as lesbian the number of women that had a same sex experience had tripled in the space of the past 10 years it's a hugely growing space but i think even beyond that like right now we create a product that helps women looking for other women probably for like sexual love friendship romantic purposes but in the future you know we have a product that helps women meet each other and there's no reason why that would be limited just to the lesbian and queer space when there are women that are looking to meet other women for all different intents and purposes our ambition would be to apply that technology and use it in spaces where other women want to meet each other so if um, anyone does want the app it's called her h-e-r um what would your advice be to anyone else who's listening thinking why well, i've got this idea I want to make it happen. What's the first step they should be taking? Take a first step. That's always like the biggest barrier of actually doing something. It is so easy for people to pay lip service to an idea, to say they've got this great like name for an app or to say they've got this great idea for an app. Actually taking the first step of doing something is probably one of the biggest hurdles. And I think just... If you're going to do this, acknowledging that there's stuff that you have to give up to do this, like taking a Saturday where you want to be out with your friends in the pub and doing stuff, that's the time when you have to go and you work on your business. Like start doing stuff. Brilliant. That's fantastic advice. Robin, just before I let you go, thank you so much for being my business shaper today. What's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Um, My song choice is Erica Badu, Bag Lady. It was like my favourite album when I was 13 and I used to always like pick albums and listen to them on loop. So I think Erica Badu had about a kind of seven month run and I didn't listen to anyone else. I think my sister introduced her to me. Um, and so my poor family were like traumatised by listening to the same album. But this was, yeah, one of my favourite songs from it. Well, fantastic. Here it is for you. Thank you so much again for being my business shaper. you gonna hurt your back Dragon
That was Erica Badu and Bag Lady, the song choice of my business shaper today, Robin Exton. Talk about hard work. She was prepared to give up those Saturdays when other people were in the pub and also prepared to work in the pub to make enough money to keep going. A hustler. You've got to be a hustler, she said, if you're going to make this thing happen. And in terms of making it happen, someone who's prepared to give up equity if it meant that her vision could become a reality. Fantastic stuff. Join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9am, here on Jazz FM for another edition of Jazz Shapers. Stay with us now, though, because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.